Welcome to I Bet So Hard, technology and workflows that really work. The not so serious podcast for seriously busy veterinary teams brought to you by vet to pet Listen for quick, fun interviews with veterinary professionals who've retrieved and actually held on to their sanity, happiness, and success by learning a few new tricks and embracing efficient processes that actually work. I'm Dr. Stacey Santi. And I'm Dr. Caitlin DeWild. And this is I Bet So Hard. Well, it's great to see you back here on I Bet So Hard. Caitlin, what's new in your neck of the woods? A little this, a little that. Uh, I am working on some CE coming up. I've got uh, a few lectures to give, but also I've been doing some lectures, like learning them, being a student again. It's a little, little tricky. But nice. Uh, what about you? Did you, you did you grab some CE at Western? No, I didn't grab any CE at Western. <laughs> I went. I did like you. I go to the conference. Wasn't it VMX or I went with you and you went before. I just go for the fun stuff and the meetings and then I leave. (laughs) I was was doing a Caitlin CE where Mm -hmm. I go to the event and don't go to the CE actually that you're supposed to learn. (laughs) There's value. There's value. (laughs) I thought it'd be good today to talk about CE. Like it's changed so much in the last 20 years used to be totally different where you had to log your CE and you might get audited and you only certain courses applied and there was no online CE. That wasn't really a thing. Right. I like that. Have you been audited before? No, but I've been president of the veterinary medical association. And that was always a thing. Like, you know, you work with the board, the medical board, and you could get audited at any point, but Who's got time for that, honestly? But as soon as you say that, it's like a health certificate. They're going to ask for it. You're probably going to get audited as a result of this podcast. We probably both are. I have been audited twice and it what? is, yeah, it is no fun. It's been several years. So, you know, I'm probably due to get audited again. What happened? <laughs> yeah. I got this like super serious letter. That's like, you have, we have reason to believe that you don't have enough CE, right? And then it's like the mad scramble to find your certificates, which I, like, I'm terrible about keeping them. And and I always have been because I'm kind of a CE junkie. And so I go to all kinds of CE and half the time I wouldn't even worry about, you know, sticking around for the certificate at the, you know, at the end, if I had to leave early, because I'm like, yeah, you know, I've got plenty of A's. Just kidding. Like it was kind of a problem. Um, And I'd gone to a conference that like was an encompassing CE. So it was like, I got 20 hours just for going there. And I definitely went to all of it, but I I could not find the certificate for anything. So I had to like reach out to the conference. It was a whole thing. So yeah, I, the, I have never done that again. I'm pretty like, I probably still have CE certificates now from like 2010, just in case, because I can still get audited. But um, I do think this is a good topic and I am a nerd about it. So let's dive in. Um, one of the things I think as a manager or an owner, or even as a veterinarian is setting expectation on CE. I think that's a, something that realistically for the past two years, everybody's been like, whatever, (laughs) you know, and honestly, even a lot of the, the governing bodies and, and like the certification groups and things like that have been like, yeah, like do your best. Right. (laughs) But I think now it's coming back around. So I think whether you're managing a team or a practice or just your own self knowledge, I think you need to set some expectations for yourself 
on how much CE you want to earn this year and you should earn, right? So I think that's a little bit of a, maybe reviewing your requirements is one thing. And, and they may have changed because some states did change, like how much online CE you could get, how much not online, how much practice management, how much medical. So setting expectations on how much CE you should have. And then also like, if you're talking about your team, I think here's where it's like, well, what do you want your team to do? And realize that comes at a cost to the business to some degree, but also benefit. But here's where you got to break down like, okay, well, you know, this person's license, this person's not like, do we require the same? This person's been here for three years. She wants to go to the like vacation CE in Hawaii. Like, does she get to, so does this other person that just started three weeks ago? Like, what are the, what are the expectations of the business? What do you think? Yeah, I know it's weird because Colorado changed their requirements a few years ago where you don't even have to have race courses anymore. You can just. Missouri's like that too. And when I say race, I mean the, what does that stand for? The like. It's from the AAVSB, but I'm not sure what it stands for. What's the R stand for? I have to look it up now. Here we only, go. I only say this because I'm going to tell you a really funny story. We were sending out some emails for vet to pet to, you know, our leads and audience or whatever, talking about advertising our race CE. And somebody wrote back and said they thought that was super discriminatory. Oh yeah. It was very offensive. I remember hearing about that. We're so offended that they can believe we would only offer courses to certain people. I'm like, oh my gosh, no, we're not using race in that term. Right. So it's the, I looked it up. It's the registry of approved continuing education. That's today's fun fact, folks. You're welcome. You got it here on I bet so hard. <laughs> well, and this is apparently for many states falling to the wayside as far as a requirement that's not necessary anymore. So for sure, check with your state because I know Colorado made any course that you feel as the attendee you got some value out of counts as CE now. So it's kind of interesting. I do think that whether it's required or not, like, or what your state requires, it is a degree of like vetting it out a little bit, right? This is not going to be a sales presentation if it's race approved and things like that. So there's value to it, whether or not your state accepts it or require. I think all states will accept it. I think all states don't require it. I think that's important to, to differentiate, but um, okay. So, so our, our first takeaway here is you need to set some expectations, how much CE you need, uh, all the requirements about it, how much, if you're a practice owner or manager, how much you're going to require and what are the, what are the rules about who gets to go to the paid stuff, who gets to go to the fun ones and how much do they get? So yeah. what's our next takeaway here? For me, it's always, how are we going to document this stuff? Because I always have the best intentions to document this and then I don't. And then I'm really worried I'm going to end up like you. And I'm going to end up getting audited and I didn't do everything I was supposed to do. So I think the next one is make sure you have a system in place to list these sessions out that you attend. So it's a non-issue if you ever get audited. Yeah, I think so too. I think having a a Google Drive is a good option for this. I try to do that now. I actually have multiple folders. So I have like a Google Drive in case somebody like sends a PDF. But I also have a folder in my email in case I just get one in an email kind of thing. And then also I have like a paper folder 
<laughs> for, you know, I haven't been to, I don't think anything with a paper CE certificate in a couple of years, but again, I've got one if I need it. Well, uh, if you were being techie, you could take a picture of your paper and put it in your true. Google drive. So it's in one place. True. I actually put all my notes there too. So that's also a big problem for me because, you know, prior to the pandemic, um, I was pretty involved in our CE association locally, the St. Louis group, and I would go to the meetings, but I would inevitably forget to bring a notebook or, uh, and I don't want to be one of those nerds. It's like totally typing the notes, but that's what I'd really prefer to happen. So sometimes I just would, but <laughs> otherwise it would be like, okay, do I, do I have a notebook that I could write everything down and I would actually take a picture of that and put it in the drive so I could find it later. Cause I'd be like, I know I went to a CE on this exact topic eight months ago. Let me refer back to my notes. Oh wait, where the hell is that notebook <laughs> in my car scribbled on by children? It's not good. <laughs> what do you know about this remarkable notebook thing? I've been seeing this online and it's this digital notebook. It kind of looks like an iPad, except for unlike an iPad, it feels like paper. And you write on it, and then when you're done, it like converts it to type text or a PDF. Uh, that would actually be very valuable, I think. Uh, I don't have one, but I think that would solve a lot of my losing of the notes problem and also not wanting to be the weirdo who is typing because I want to have it in my Google Drive so I can look it up on my phone or computer later. So maybe I should get one. I really like my personal style of learning is to write it in my handwriting. I don't know. It just like gels with me. And yeah. Then I, I want it, but then it like you, it ends up in like, I have 50 notebooks and I'm like, you need a infusion drain on that local wound. Hold on. Let me go back into the archives of 2014. I think right. it was the summer somewhere in my office. <laughs> like well, it's all. That's why I love typing everything because I want to be able to search it, right? Like, okay, I want to search for the drug dosage of this or, you know, a lot of the um, orthopedic stuff, like we'll have different different uh, angles and calculations and things like that. So I would, I would want to be able to search it. But I think whatever your system is, you just need to have a system and a place that you keep all of it. So if you have just a notebook, like make sure you just have one notebook, right? Yeah, if you one. don't do a notebook, then you need to have like, one remarkable tablet or one Google doc or one Google, Google folder that you put all your Google docs in. I think that's a, a better option. So you're not losing all your CE stuff. So I think that's a good takeaway for us. The hashtag I vet so hard podcast is brought to you by vet source home delivery is the chaos of last minute refill requests and third-party pharmacy faxes driving your team nuts. VetSource Home Delivery offers your team a one-stop shop to stop the chaos. Featuring a practice-branded online store complete with script writing capability for those things that clients aren't quite ready to take home and the ability to manage those third-party pharmacy requests all in one place. VetSource has everything that your team needs to tame the prescription workflow beast and create a better experience for clients. Visit VetSource.com forward slash IVSH to learn more. Let's talk about uh, finding CE now, right? So CE is so different than it was a few years ago. There's obviously online CE, a lot of it now where there used to not be, or and there's a lot of online free CE, so that's cool. But then there's still in-person CE, and I feel 
sort of bad because obviously, you know, they're not necessarily businesses, but they're organizations that often are doing other things and offer CE in person as a one of their many, you know, benefits, but now they're probably getting hurt by the amount of online CE. So I hate like not supporting, like, especially, you know, I'm talking about like state VMAs in general. What do you think? Yeah. And it's just hard to find all the CE out there. It used to be easy when you just had to basically look in in your journal each month and there would be a master listing, but now you're really going to have to hunt around to find opportunities for you and your team. Of course, the big, the big ones, the Western and VMX, those, those aren't going anywhere, but for sure your local vet association probably has some CE that is unique. I know in Colorado, every January they have ski CE, so they don't have a huge, yeah, it's in Vail. It's awesome. Or sometimes it's in Keystone, but they don't have a huge marketing, but (laughs) oh shit. They don't have a huge marketing budget, so you're probably not going to hear about it. But if you there's a state you want to visit, you might go talk to the check out the local VMA website and see what CE is there because that could be a cool little smaller event for you to go to if you don't want to go to the giant shows, which I don't blame you. And then yeah. for sure, like check with your drug rep because they often have a lot of maybe lunch and learn stuff or local kind of in in your region CE that you could go to. And often it's quite good. Well, and I feel like your drug reps also know about, like if you have a particular interest, they're going to see some of that stuff that might come across their radar sooner than it would us in practice. So I think that's, that's important. Now, obviously uh, I'm a big believer of online CE. I, I, use a lot of it. I'm doing a big giant module right now to get my cat-friendly veterinarian status. I'm excited about this. I don't know about all these friendly statuses. I mean, come on, how many are there? There's cat-friendly, what did you say? Um, There's fear-free, there's There's low-stress handling, there's human-animal bond, I'm in for all of it. I'm that Are person. these just all made up things or do I really need to? That's probably another podcast. Like, come on. <laughs> That's another podcast. But the point is a lot of those are out there and you can get big chunks of CE from them, right? If you do these certifications. However, they're often costly. They often maybe don't apply for all of your, like in Missouri, you can only claim a, a certain amount of practice management CE. Um you and I both independently, our companies both offer online CE, right? So there's also smaller companies that have CE. There's also a ton of free CE. Like, so five years ago, there's like, it was hard to find online CE, but now it's a dime a dozen. So while that's great, I think it's also important to think about, yes, that's great, but in-person still comes with added benefits of supporting an organization that might be doing other good things comes with an opportunity to network, which is amazing. And as a team building thing, if you find a couple of people that have a certain interest in a particular topic, then I think it's a fun activity for your team to do sometimes. For sure. I know a few years ago, uh, some leadership CE thing came to Durango and it wasn't veterinary specific. It was just for the community. And several of the team members wanted to go. 
So I said, yep, that sounds good. You three go. And then when you come back, you'll be responsible for presenting 20 minutes to this team and share your five key takeaways. So that brings us to another bullet point here of how to use CE is you can build workflows like this for sharing knowledge. So you can totally like make sure when you you yourself take CE or you have somebody on your team that you're sponsoring to get CE, that it comes with you know, strings attached and the strings are pay it forward so we can all learn the information. I think there's great benefit in, in that and not everybody has to go to the CE to get the knowledge. Yeah, I think I think that's a good um, way to also empower some of our team members to pursue their interests. And, you know, not everybody's going to be interested in everything. Not everybody's going to be good at everything. Like I was always really interested in the orthopedic disease management, the medical aspect versus the surgical, right? And there were a couple of people on the team, uh, some technicians that were like really, really into nutrition. And there were others that were really, really into derm, right? So you could almost decide like who was going based on what the topic was. But a lot of times we would send them and then what did we ever do with that knowledge? Like, right. Even though it's not our thing, we could still learn something or they can whittle it down to be like, here's two things I learned like at the next staff meeting. So um, I think now that we're getting back into the routine of things and people going to CE and learning some more things, I think putting a workflow in to make sure that you're facilitating that and you're facilitating that knowledge sharing is really important, especially because some of the CE is limited, right? If it's limited to, I hate that when they're like DVMs only or practice owners only, or what, you know, sometimes there's topics that other people would like to know about. So I think that's important. All right. I think our last takeaway here is now that there are so many opportunities and we're all beating our fax machines with a baseball bat or have thrown them away. Uh, how do we how do we get the word out, right? So it used to be the facts would come in, you'd, there would just be a giant bulletin board. I right? sign up here, here's all the upcoming stuff. But now we got rid of our fax machine, which is just a just a joy. But also uh, we have a Slack channel so that we can share these opportunities. So when the practice manager gets an email from the drug rep or somebody sees something on Facebook. They'll drop it in the CE channel and say, hey, who wants to go or who wants to do this one with me? And I think that's really actually expanded our access um, for everyone on the team to knowing about some of these opportunities. That's great because you are, you may very well may not know some people on your team might have an interest in something and they didn't know that. Yeah. And especially, I feel like I find out about a lot of CE on social media now and we all follow different groups and pages and things. So it's a good way to, to get the word out. So I've been a big fan of our CE Slack channel, and I would highly recommend. For sure. I totally agree with, with what you're saying there. Okay. I have a question before we sign off. What's your favorite go-to life-changing CE you went to? Was it a talk or a course? Like, Does one stand out to you over the years that like was life-changing? I think especially when I was baby vet. Uh, I remember going to a CE that was, uh, the greater St. Louis veterinary medical association put on, but it was like one of those all day things. It was like an eight to four on a Sunday, which was kind of a, a beast. 
but in my, I remember my husband was like, are you seriously going to this? Because the topic was GI disease specifically. And it was Jorg Steiner from Texas A&M, like the GI lab. And he's an amazing presenter and like, just so knowledgeable about all the poop and all the things. And I do remember like furiously writing notes, like the entire day and being like, it was so great, <laughs> but I'm clearly a nerd. <laughs> Well, I have to tell you, my favorite CE, if you ever get a chance to do this, guys, is go to the Equendo Center in Vegas. I did the soft tissue surgical weekend. And it was oh, like, like an intense one. Cadavers. Yeah. Whole thing. And, you know, the best thing to do, you did that in vet school, but then you get out for a while and it's almost like a little refresher. But this one was on, I think it was Piramati, all the flaps, advancing flaps and wound repair. I can't tell you how many times I use that knowledge in practice for lump removals, lacerations, all kinds of crazy things. And I just loved it. It was a great experience. So be sure you check out big kind of offsite deep dives because you can really get some good skills in doing some of those kinds of courses. For sure. For sure. Well, here's to being a giant nerd and organizing your learning and your nerddom and your knowledge even, even better. Thanks for listening. Be sure to check out our website at ivetsohard.com to download today's takeaways. Follow us on social media at ivetsohard and leave a review whenever you're listening to your podcast. And if you're looking for some free CE with me and Caitlin, go to vet to pet on demand and check out some of our five to thrive courses. Thanks guys. Thanks for joining us for today's episode of I Vet So Hard. Don't forget to head over to ivetsohard.com to download our top five takeaways from this episode. We'll see you right back here. Same time, same place next week. Until then, here's to putting your technology to work for your practice.